On this week's episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast, we're going to be wrapping up our series that uh, the last couple of weeks we have been talking about after the affair. And we've kind of gone through the first 10 days of um, Heather's confession of the affair and kind of the, the steps that we took uh, in those first few days. And today, we're going to kind of jump ahead a little bit, and we're going to really spend some time talking through the first full year and some of the things that we did uh, to heal our marriage and to begin the redemption process. And we think it's going to be a great episode for those that have been through this. Um, even if you're more than a year out, we've got some ideas for you to kind of jumpstart things from where you are. So stay tuned. Hello, folks. And hey, Bear. <laughs> I keep, that thinking, a good I keep thinking that at some point somebody's going to tell Nate Bargatsky. I know. And like I saw Nate Bargatsky on, not Jay Leno, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Like he's big time. Oh, he's massive. I was he's, like, he's one of the top comedians right now. Well, he needs to hear about the Redeemed Marriage podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. If you're listening, Nate, we're big fans. Um, hey, but if you're not, if you're not Nate, and you're listening, <laughs> we're glad you're here because there are a few, a few of you that are not Nate. <laughs> so I, I would encourage you though, seriously, listen to Nate Bargatze. He is incredible, clean, mm-hmm. and he's hilarious, and he really is probably one of the top comedians right now. Mm-hmm. So, He's funny. Yep, and he does a podcast, and that's where the whole Hello Folks and Hey Bear comes from. I don't even know what it means, but I just hear y'all say it all the time, so I thought I'd throw that in there. All right, thank you for that. <laughs> um, I wonder if I gave anybody warm fuzzies. <laughs> I don't know, but in case we didn't introduce ourselves, this is the Redeemed Marriage Podcast, and she's Heather, and I'm Rusty, and we are on week number Three and the final of this little series. At least we think it's going to be the final. (laughs) But this is, uh, we're wrapping up. We started a couple of weeks ago a little series called After the Affair. And that was, we really, what we were trying to do was just give some details of how we handled those first few days of after the confession um, of Heather's infidelity. And so we did days one through four. Or three. three. One through three. Mm-hmm. Then we did four through ten. And now we're going to do days 11 through 365. Yes. I was trying <laughs> to do the subtraction Something of how many like days that. it would be. But what we, what we really want to do is we want to give uh, just some really practical uh, tips and things that we did during that first week. Um, and I, I just really strongly believe that that first year is so important. Mm-hmm. However, there's plenty of you that are listening that may be in a similar situation, may have a similar story, and you're way past the first year. If you are, I believe that you could start today and spend the next 365 days doing some of this stuff that we're going to talk about, and it will really set you up for a successful future of your marriage. So um, so that's where we are. We're going to just talk through it. Um, all right. 
You ready? I'm ready. Okay, then. Let's do this. So the first year, uh, really important because it's a lot of firsts. It's a year of firsts. And really what we really teach couples and talk about is you don't want to go back to the marriage that you had because obviously it wasn't working. Um, and instead, you want to have a new marriage. Now, some of you that are listening, you do not have this type of betrayal in your past, and praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. But everybody, I think, um, would enjoy uh, starting fresh yeah. almost and really just having a new marriage. I mean, I don't know that there would just be a lot of people listening to us that would just go, oh, we are at a perfect spot in our marriage. We don't need... We don't need a new marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there's some that are like, we're in a good spot. You know, it's okay. But I but I want, you know, you guys to feel free to take some of these things and incorporate them into your marriage no matter where you are, no matter what's happened in your marriage. Um, so back to uh, where we were um, after day 10. So Heather and I were back uh, living under the same roof. We had spent a little bit of time apart. Um, but there was still a lot of trust issues. And so we, um, I don't remember how much on the last episode we talked about, uh, you coming home. I do remember saying that you came home because that Wednesday night was so rough for me. And I felt like part of it was because you were back in the house, um, and just the spiritual warfare, but she's, you stayed on the couch for Mm -hmm. quite a while and, you really started working because that 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 Friday, 10 days later, was when you had the real encounter and experience with God. Mm-hmm. And you really just started, I mean, heavily investing in your spiritual walk. And I started noticing that. And at some point, um, I did, I, I, I mean, I loved what I was seeing. And so I went and invited you to come back to bed. But I said, don't touch me. That's right. That's right. And I think that that was um, probably about a week after, not after confession, but a week after kind of my um, transformation, Mm -hmm. I should say. It was probably about a week to a week and a half after that. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I just remember you coming in and sitting beside me. Like we, I was already on the couch Mm -hmm. and you were already in the bed and it, we had already said good night, and then you just I heard you get out of bed, and you came in, and you just sat beside me on the couch, or you know, mm-hmm. sat with me, and said, "Hey, I think I want you to come to the bed, yep. but don't touch me." Yeah, and I could do that. I stay. I was very, very still. I just stayed all the way on the edge. <laughs> I was so thankful to be in my bed. <laughs> well, I and I just remember it being um, a big step for me. And, you know, those were just, again, it was a little thing, little firsts along the way. And that sure. was kind of the first real step I took to saying, I'm going to really try to trust you. Yeah. Um, so uh, the biggest thing that I think happened over those next couple of weeks or so, um, and really more than a couple of weeks, but that's where it all kind of jump started, was just our communication level with each other. Uh, it just... It reached a spot that it had never been before because we were just so open with each other. And, <coughs> excuse me. Wow. That well, came that out came of nowhere. 
But I think that... Um, I'm having deja vu. I know. Hey, <laughs> by the way, for those of you who follow along, my cough is so much better. It is so much better. Still hits every now and then, but I'm not dying anymore. <laughs> At least not that I know of. Um, but we really started working hard on our communication. And and I don't know that we were working hard on it. We just knew that we had to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. We went on tons and tons of walks and where we just talked, we opened up. Um, and I just, I mean, it, it made us grow. So start growing really, really close together because we were just being really vulnerable with each other, really open and just talking. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, that this, what you're talking about right now is super, super important because I think a lot of people at this stage, whether it's been infidelity or not, whether just some kind of hurt, Um, I mean, and we could list hurts because I don't want anybody to feel like this isn't for them. Like it could be anything, Mm -hmm. any hurt that you've had. Um, And I mean, it could be something as severe as like pornography or loss of a child or depression or any of these things, or it could be smaller things as well. But this is the point where I think we got it right on accident. Mm -hmm. Like nobody told us to do this. But I think that a lot of couples right here stop, sweep it under the rug, and then say, let's move forward. Mm. Instead of really digging in and doing the hard work and figuring out how you got to the point that you are. Mm -hmm. Like, how did we get here? It's not enough to say, okay, we're going to Just, you know, and and I know ours was public, blah, blah, blah. But if it wasn't, I think it would be even more tempting to just say, okay, it's over. Let's move on, Mm -hmm. sweep it under the rug. And that brings about no heart change. Mm -hmm. And our walks that we were having, our big conversations that we were having, us saying, hey, we just, let's talk about this. Like, how did we get here? That is what started the healing journey Mm. for us. And so I don't want people to miss that. Yeah. And I think by you talking about just not sweeping it under the rug, we talk about it so much where we're, where we say, just be okay with kind of sitting in it. Not, not that you want to stay stuck. It's just that you're okay. And that's why I keep saying this whole one year thing. Like, I think it's just we should at some point probably write a book about the first year. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I do. I just think it is so important that people sort of have that in their mind that this is gonna this is gonna take us a full year of just being really, really intense. And and I do think I think those that are maybe even past the year mm-hmm. point, if they just kind of today said, All right. Well, we missed we missed out on that sure. that for that first year, but that doesn't mean that we can't do it from right now. That's right. And then if and then if you start for the next 365 days just focusing like a crazy person on your marriage, yep. then a year from now, you're going to see some massive changes. Yeah. And you know, we didn't know. It's not like somebody told us it was going to be a year. That's right. This is just our experience and what we saw um, after a year was so significant. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say that we did, we have had a time in our life where somebody told us it was going to be a year and we knew it was going to be a year before it ever started. 
when I was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. seven years ago, I remember sitting in our onco- my oncologist office and her saying, this is going to be a year of your life. Like this is, you know, for what I was dealing with, it was going to be, you know, a year of chemo, six of the hard stuff, then a double mastectomy, and then all the reconstruction, and then the rest of the chemo that finished after a year. And, and, and I remember her saying, like, you can make it. Like, this is what you're looking at. So I hope that the hope that I felt in that moment sitting with my oncologist and knowing that after a year things were going to look different, that people can listen to us and hear that after a year it may not be perfect, mm-hmm. but man, is it going to be in a better spot than it is today if you are able to take these steps. Well, it's kind of like with your whole cancer thing. If, you know, after, I mean, you knew it was going to be a long road. Right. And we both did. And we knew that, you know, the year was the thing that was said to us. And if, you know, four months into it. Four chemos in, I was done. If you were like, nah, I'm done. Well, you would have died. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... And I know yeah. that sounds really harsh, but well, and but you couldn't just yeah. you couldn't just decide. That's right. And I'm not, you know, eh, you know, this is too hard. Let's forget about it yeah. now. Yeah. And 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 so I think it's the same thing with this. It's like you, we're telling you that if you put a full year of just really hard work into it, it's gonna make a huge difference. That's right. And not saying, uh, but we're two two years in, and. It hasn't helped. Well, let's start fresh. Right. Like, let's start now and mm-hmm. do the things that that we were able to learn, mm-hmm. put those things into place. Yeah, that's good. So another thing that we were very strict about were the boundaries that we put up. And we've talked about boundaries on the on specific episodes before. Um, but we were just, we were, I mean, there were massive boundaries that we still have to this day, but some of them were even more extreme just during that season of our life. And one of them was social media. I mean, mm-hmm. you just completely got off mm-hmm. of social media. We already mentioned that I had your phone for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, there were no passwords. There was nothing hidden from either one of us. We could see every text that came in. We could see any type of social media, you know, that had been previously or any emails, anything. It was just all, everything was wide open. And we're still like that. Um, we are on social media, obviously, because say, well, yeah. most of you f- do you follow us. us. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so there are good things about it. But for that season, that's right. you know, we had to, we had to, you removed yourself. I think I did too, in fact, mm-hmm, because... Yeah, we didn't come back until we kind of started our marriage ministry. So, um, so yeah, there were just tons of boundaries, and of course, I mean, the boundaries that should have been a, been been in place all along. You know, not communicating with members of the opposite sex and not being alone with them, and you know, obviously the the flirting and everything else that went on. You know, that was just done, and we were just so so strict about that, and we were just in, intentional. Um, yes. with each other in, mm-hmm. in that area. Yeah. And another thing that I've, that I've thought about is just how also in that season, we really transitioned into which we should have done this all along, but our family really mm-hmm. our four, the four members of our family. So me and you and our two boys 
it was just family first above everything. And really, it was me and you first. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, friends, um, which we lost a lot of friends through the process, but um, but even the ones that, that stayed close to us, you know, they were certainly a backseat to what was going on right. so that we well, could. And, and I think that God gave us new friends along yeah. the way too. And they still had, we had to be very, very careful to keep them at, what did you say? In the backseat, <laughs> a backseat to yeah. what, uh, to right. what was to going what was on, going on. Yeah. Um, because we just had to put ourselves and our marriage and our four family first. And it really changed everything because we used to really like to go out with friends a lot, just as even family friends mm -hmm. and like with our kids and stuff. And, and it just transformed even that to where our family just became so important. And really even today we would rather just be with each other. Right. Um, we have great friends and we love being with the friends that we have and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we, d we definitely enjoy having good friendships and close friendships, but nothing really compares anymore. That's right. And Cause I can remember always coming home and being like, it's Friday night. Like, what are we doing? Right. You know? Right. And like, we had to go do something cause yeah. we, and we both still are people, people, right. but we, I think put too much emphasis on that. Mm. And, and now it's like, we are perfectly fine if it's popcorn in a movie, mm -hmm. you know, just us or just with our boys and 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 it's fine yeah it's great one of the really intense things that we did was both of us work on our own spiritual lives mm -hmm. and i know that that's kind of a well no duh you had to but it was so crucial that we both individually and together were growing spiritually and so we each sort of found the things that was kind of the season that we sort of found what what really connected us to God, and I know for me a book that was so important was by John Eldridge called Walking with God, and it was just how to really have daily communication and conversation with God, and it's carried on through all of these years since then. Um, but we also did some stuff together where. Uh, we went through a devotion book called Love and War by John and Stacey Eldridge, and we would read one each night before we went to bed. They were so practical, and it were and, and a lot of them were things that we were dealing with, which was really, really good. Mm -hmm. And you really learned how to study the Bible and just to, just to enjoy learning and growing in a way that you had never done before. Yeah, yeah, and I um, really dug into what... Um, what I knew that God was calling me to be as a godly woman um, and what that looked like. And of course, I had an amazing mentor to walk with me through that. So mine wasn't as much reading books and things like that. Mine was just meeting with her and really digging into scripture and learning what God had for me. Um, I did read a book um, by Beth Moore called... Um, when godly people do ungodly things, that was um, really powerful, um, and 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 it just changed my perspective on things because I think that a lot of times, well, in that season, I just kept saying, "How did I get here? Mm. Like how how did I how did I get here? I don't yeah. even know how yeah. else to say it besides you. Just I just would look at it and be like, "This is not me." Like. How did that happen? Mm -hmm. And so just making sure for me, it was digging back in and figuring out um, how to love Jesus well mm -hmm. and how to love 
um, fall in love with him more and more and more every day. So, well, I did the same thing. I mean, I was asking questions over and over when I was going, how did you do this? And so I even read, you know, I think you did the study, but I read the book, um, how godly people do ungodly things. And, and it really helped me too, just to, you know, be able to understand that, I mean, there, you were still, I mean, you were a good person and you just got wrapped up in sin. And so, yeah, it was an encouragement to me to be able to, to read that. And, and I think I read it after you had done the study, but, um, but it was good. Uh, one of the things that, that I don't think we've talked a whole lot about on here is just that, you know, we were heavily involved in church leadership at our church, and I know we've mentioned just that it was a it was a big mess at our church, and you know we stuck around uh, at our church for um, about six months because uh, Heather's dad was the minister of music and was already set to retire, and so we were trying mm-hmm. to honor that because we were a big part of his uh, ministry, his worship team, and. We you know, just but, wanted to stand by him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we also had had been leading children's worship and doing a lot of stuff at the church, um, but we did take a we took a step down from church leadership, um, and I mean, obviously, that was the right thing for you to do because you needed to really heal and grow, and you know, people needed to be able to trust you and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But I even did for. Uh, for a time as well, just because I needed to be able to just sit and worship and, you know, just to kind of find who I was again. Um, so, you know, there was a time that that we did that. And then, of course, six months later, um, we were able to, to go and find a church that was be- a better fit for us during that season um, and that we obviously are still there and have just... Uh, grown to love the people and just the way that they brought us in and helped us in our in our healing journey. So, so yeah, I, the reason why we bring that up is because there are some, you know, really drastic changes that might have to happen in that first year. And it could be, you know, being willing to uh, leave a job. Mm-hmm. It could be willing to move to another city. Um, obviously, church is one that we've already talked about, you know, quitting the gym, um, which is something that you did. I want to quit the gym. I want to quit the gym. <laughs> I want to quit the gym. I'm Chandler. I want to quit the gym. <laughs> that's Friends episode. Uh, but I just think that, that that's one of those things that you need to be open to in that first year. It's just mm-hmm. part of sort of, I don't want to say purging some things that you may need. I mean, even friends, that's right. you know, getting rid of some friends that may be you know, not supportive or just not good influences. Um, And you want to find people who are encouraging you in your marriage and encouraging you in your walk with the Lord. mm. And, you know, I tell people all the time when I talk to girls, I'm like, you can find anybody to tell you what you want to hear, Mm -hmm. but you need to be surrounding yourself with people who are speaking truth to you and speaking godly wisdom into you. And so, yeah, I mean, making sure that you're hanging um, around people, you individually and as a couple mm-hmm. that are encouraging and are, you know, walking in a godly way. 
Yeah, and one of the things that's not a coincidence in the, in my opinion is that um, we had a trip planned mm-hmm. that I did not want to go on to with you. Place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were supposed to go to see kind of a Broadway type um, musical at, at the Orpheum in Memphis. And I was like, we had planned it before this. Yeah, happened. we had planned yeah. it. It was part of our um, anniversary. Anniversary. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> and we had healed enough. It was about a month later. I say we had healed enough. We were like, this is probably a good idea to get out of here and get out of this this town. And it was a really good experience. There were some tough times, um, but. I think what this did was it showed us that we had to get away, just the two of us. And so really throughout the next year, uh, we were we were really intentional. Um, mm-hmm. Probably went on uh, place we went on some overnight things by ourselves, mm-hmm. probably more than we had done in the first fifteen years of our marriage mm-hmm. because uh, because of our boys. And um, you know, we uh, we went to the marriage intensive, mm-hmm. which was huge. So that was about two months after confession, and we spent a week um, over in Rome, Georgia. And uh, the 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 ministry that runs that now is called Hope Restored from Focus on the Family. It was a different organization back then, but it was the same location. Mm-hmm. And we highly recommend that uh, to couples. And we've sent a couple. Or we've sent. A few couples yeah. there um, recommended that, and it was just an incredible experience. And so, and we also did some um, local retreats through or conferences, or I say local. One was local, and one I think was in Texas, so it wasn't too far. But just trying to keep um, current and um, and listening to people talk about marriages and how to have a healthy marriage was just super important. We were just soaking it all in. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Like, like sponges. I, like the one that was that was local was Kirk Cameron, mm-hmm. and it was such a good. I mean, you know, we just went for the night, and I don't know. Those were just things that I don't think we were really interested in before mm-hmm. that, That's and right. we just got so excited about it. And um, you know, we went to Gary Smalley and Ted Cunningham over yeah. in Dallas, and um, yeah, we were just we just anything that we could do, and and along with that was. The books. Um, I know we've mentioned this, but I read I read over thirty books from August to January, and it was just whatever I could find, anything that I could find that could help me with my marriage. And and you know we're just talking about how important that first year is. Just Mm to, I mean, it's intense, and just dive in and invest as much as you can in into your marriage. Um. Let's see. What else have we? Have, oh well, I mean, we went to counseling. <laughs> oh man, I mean yeah. that's a big one. I know. Yeah, we, and we, yeah, we kind of talked about we that. We talked a little about bit. it, but we mm-hmm. just continued we, that absolutely um, mm-hmm. for a while, and we did some individually mm-hmm. and some as a couple. Yep. And uh, so, I mean, why it, were we so afraid? It had this stig- stigmatism, stigmatism, mm-hmm. something like that. Stigma. Yeah, what is that word? Let's not try to use big words. It had this um, it revolutionized. <laughs> I used revolutionize the other night in marriage coaching, and you were like, "Whoa, what a big word!" <laughs> it wasn't big to me; it's just big to you. It um, 
Now I lost my train of thought. That was you were not talking nice. about how counseling. Oh yeah, it just had like it had it had a negative connotation. There we go. That's there what I was looking for. Another big word. <laughs> um, along with it, to me, it just did. Like I yeah. thought, oh, we, you oh, know, yeah. if you say counseling, if you say you're going to counseling, it meant you're wrong. Yeah, that something's Some, wrong or that you're which, weak and that you there need was help. something wrong with us. <laughs> which but, there was, but that's what I thought. And yeah. oh my yeah. word, have it has that changed? Oh yeah. I mean, my it. I think everybody ought to be in counseling. <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. It was, but it was it was life changing for us, yes. and we had a great counselor, and um, you know. But between the counseling, which we probably continued that for almost that first year, not not as intense. It backed off some as we went along, and I mean, I can remember at one point we were going for sure every week, mm-hmm. and then it and then it kind of. Uh, you know, slacked off a little bit, which it was, she told us, Mm -hmm. she said, you know, you guys don't have to continue coming as often. And we would go maybe every other week and then it became once a month. And, but it was, it was a solid, probably that first year for sure. Well, and we were both being heavily mentored as well. That's right. Which is, you know, I mean, that was counseling in itself for me. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it was just her and that was it. We were getting you know, counsel from other places as well. So yeah. definitely through that sol- through that first year. So I know a lot of people, they want to know like a real timeline, you know, when am I going to, when are things going to be better? You know, how am I going to, when am I going to trust again? All that kind of stuff. And it is different for everybody, but this first year is just so crucial. And all of these things that we just talked about, I think that they lead up to, like massive healing. And just to give you an example, so the confession was in August and in May of that year, so not even a full year later, I was invited and asked to speak at a church um, like during their actual worship service on a Sunday morning, and the pastor was my mentor, and he sat up on the stage with me and just sort of interviewed me about the whole thing, mm-hmm. about anger mm-hmm. really was what yeah. it was. And, um, you know, I, I'm saying that to say that, what was that, nine months or mm-hmm. so, eight to mm-hmm. nine months? And eight to nine months, the the male that was probably closest to me through those nine months, because he was my mentor, he saw that much of a change in us mm-hmm. that he was willing to invite me to be on stage and speak to his congregation. So I'm saying all that to say that these things that you do through that first year can have such a huge impact and, and, and produce some incredible results to where, you know, within those first eight to nine months, you're, I mean, you're back on track. That's right. In a, in a really positive way. Now, you know, we, we kept on, um, for, I mean, even the next year, we've talked about the second year being a little tough sometimes because it's sort of the anniversary mm-hmm. of everything. That's right. And so, you know, you just are a lot of triggers that next year. But if you put in all the work that first year, then it makes it much more manageable. Yeah. And we've talked before about redeeming things. And that was a really sweet time for us to um, redeem things that had um, had you know, bad memories with them and to take them and be like, you know what, we can go to that place Mm -hmm. and we can make that a sweet memory instead of a bad one. Um, And so, 
you know, I just think, especially in that second year, going back and just being purposeful yeah. in, in the places that you go and do and making new memories. And we said that a lot. We need to make a new memory here. Um, because, it, I mean, even 12 years later, you know, I've, I don't know if I've said on here before that my favorite app is Time Hop, where it pops up things. And I mean, it every day, it's like, oh, that's before a fair. Yeah. This is after this. You know, there's not many pictures of during, but it was like, oh, gosh, that was right after. And those mm-hmm. times were hard or, oh, this was so sweet, you know. And so it it forever changes yeah. your um, timeline. Mm-hmm. But but making sure that those um, things that come up are positive instead of dread and negative and hard. Yeah. All right. Last thing, most important part of that first year was it kind of culminated at the end of the year, almost exactly no, a year. It, it was exactly. Exactly a year. Exactly a August year. the 26th. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 23rd was the first confession. Right. And then 26th, 26th, all the, Just, all the info come, yep. came out. Yeah. Yep. And so, and, and I remember that I, I decided that I wanted to get baptized again. I was like, this is important to me. Mm-hmm. I want, like, because I love the image of being baptized, that you're buried into death and raised to walk in newness of life. And I was like, if, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, like, it is a picture of what has happened the last year of my life. Like, I I was dead. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, I wanted that image. I wanted that, that feeling of, of publicly saying yeah. to my church that had walked with me for the past year. Mm-hmm. I mean, like took me in, um, showed me what it was like for forgiveness and to have real joy yep. and to be able to say, you know, these are my people yeah. and I want to be baptized with them. And so I, I mean, I want them to be there and see that. And so I can remember um, standing, like standing with you in church and me saying, I want to do that because they announced that we were having a public outdoor outdoor baptism baptism, Mm -hmm. and we call it um, Identify. Identify. Thank you. We call it Identify. And they said, you know, if you want to come be baptized, um, you know, it's not here in the little tub, Mm -hmm. but outside and several people at a time in a lake. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. Cause I knew not all eyes would be on me Mm -hmm. that it would, you know, that I would kind of blend in. And so, um, they put that date up there and if it wasn't exactly one year year. from the time that everything came out. Mm -hmm. And so it was literally one year to the day. And just, I mean, that's not an accident. Right. I mean, only God's timing could have mm-hmm, done that. Mm-hmm. And so looking back, so when we say a year, yeah. our literal year, that's what it looked like. And talk about redeeming yes. dates and yes. redeeming things right. and places. And- because August 27th on, or August 26th on your calendar can look so different a year later, yeah. like how right. hurtful it was, but how beautiful um, it was a year later. And so I, so when I think of that date, I think of me, um, at Jason Elam yeah, baptized me right. and he, I mean, I went down into that water and lifted up and I have never in my life felt such freedom. And I just felt like everything was just washed away mm. and it was okay. 
here we go. Yep. It's time to make this new yep. and time to make it, it wonderful again. And that's been our journey for the past 12 years mm. or 11 years since then. Yep. So it just is a sweet, 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 sweet thing that you that I hope that you can hear hope in our story. Mm. That no matter where you are, if you're on day one or if you're day on day 365 or whatever day you're on, that there is hope and there are steps that you can take very purposeful and very um, sure steps to make sure that you have um, a marriage that's worth fighting for. Mm. It's a good word. We're going to end it right there. Hey, thanks guys for listening this week. If you get a chance, uh, leave us a rating and a review on the podcast app that you listen to us on. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.